everybody, Jeff Antoniak here. Welcome to Digging Deeper Jazz. Well, I'm excited about this particular uh, video because we're going to talk about minor 251s. And I'm excited because I love talking about this stuff. I'm excited because this is going to be for all instruments, for any melodic instrument, bass, whatever it is. But I'm excited because this is something that so many people don't have a good handle on, this idea of minor 251. So I'm excited to let you know where I personally got traction on this long, long time ago. I had some fantastic teachers, but somehow I got, maybe I slept through a lesson, I don't know what it was, but it was a while before I heard this approach to minor 251s, to getting through minor 251s, half diminished chords, dominant seventh chords with a flat nine and a flat 13, stuff like that. Uh, we're gonna make it easy for you. So, prerequisite. I hope you saw the previous Digging Deeper video. I think it's number 48 on major 251s. I know you know how to play major 25s. I know you've heard of them, but go back and check out our approach because we're gonna go sort of quickly through a similar approach for minor 251s today. So if there's something that I'm zipping over, it's because you didn't see number 48. Go look at that right now. Okay, so I'm gonna put this sheet up on the screen for you. And um, the idea here is we're gonna be working with minor 251s. And the first thing we need to do, like we did with major 251s, is determine what is our bass line tonality. And I mean B-A-S-E, our basic, not bass like the instrument. What is our bass tonality? Which minor tonality are we gonna use? There's a lot of minor scales. <clears throat> there's Dorian and there's Phrygian and there's Aeolian and there's uh, harmonic minor and melodic minor and melodic minor going the other way and there's probably more I'm forgetting. So which are we gonna use? So on the screen, you see the harmonic minor scale. Let me play it for you. So for some of us, this is a scale we've heard about, we've heard rumors it exists, we don't know what the heck to do with it. So I'm gonna say that we should be using this as our point of departure. Not the Dorian scale, not any of the other scales, and we'll talk through why. So now the most important thing I'd say is we need uh, a minor scale that has a leading tone. We want a minor scale with a leading tone. In other words, a half step below the root. That's what leading tone means half step below the, the root. That tone that leads to the tonality. It lets us hear where home bass is, that half step. In the key of C minor, it's a B natural to C. So when you think about it, a Dorian scale doesn't work. Many of us know Dorian scales from jazz, but that has a flat seven. Here's the interesting thing. If I play um, a Dorian scale, if I play, let's say the C Dorian scale, <laughs> Many of us will hear it ending there. I end it in a major key because that's where the leading tone is. It's interesting. If you play Dorian long enough and without really good sense of what you're doing, if you play C Dorian, you're going to start hearing B flat major because the leading tone, there's some science behind it. So we have picked harmonic minor. We wanted to pick a minor scale that has a leading tone in it. There's only a couple, right? Dorian, nope. Aeolian, nope. Pure minor, nope. Phrygian, nope. So there's only a couple possibilities. So I'm suggesting we use harmonic minor. So number one, there's assignment number one for you. Learn the harmonic minor scale. You can see it on the screen. The recipe is one, two, flat three, 
four, five, flat six, natural seven, up to the root. So if you're thinking of it relative to a major scale, it's got a flat third and a flat six, but it has the regular um, seventh from a major scale. So learn that sound. Now, like we did in the previous, uh, the previous video talking about major two five ones, now what we wanna do is see what chords come out of this. I'm suggesting we use harmonic minor. I gave you my reasoning. We want a scale that has a leading tone. So let's follow Jeff's reasoning as if Jeff knows what he's talking about. Just humor me for a second, humor me, okay? So if you look on the sheet, in item number two, I piled up diatonic chords. This is nothing I decided that we should have a B natural here or an A flat there. I literally, based on a C, piled up the notes from the scale. C, E flat, G, B natural. That's what the scale gives us. I did the same thing on the two chord or on the second note, D. We piled up a D and F. Turns out there's an A flat. Turns out there's a C. So I just piled up the notes to see what the scale gives us, to see what happens in nature, right? There's no subjectivity about this. No one's deciding it should, I feel like it should be an A flat. No, our decision in item number one lets us know what the notes are. So here's the fascinating part, is the two chord is half diminished. Oh, well that's what we see in real life all the time. When we see a two, five, one in minor, the two chord is half diminished. Huh, who decided that? Okay, the harmonic minor scale decided that, right? If you go on to the five chord, we see that in this key of C minor, we get a G, B, D, and F. Ah, there's our dominant chord, right? So the scale gives us that dominant chord. So a two, five, one in minor is half diminished, to dominant, to minor, right? So uh, this our first decision, which scale to use, gives us those chord qualities. So I think that's why we see those chords on our lead sheets in all the jazz songs we're playing. Half diminished two chord, dominant five chord, and then the minor one chord. Now here's the thing, very often we'll see minor seven, implying a flat seven. Well, we can melodically play the major seven. I love the sound of this uh, major seven, the B natural to C, even if the piano player is playing a flat seven or a minor six chord or something like that. I love the sound of the natural seven. And so did John Coltrane, and so did Dizzy Gillespie, and so did Charlie Parker and all of our heroes. So these folks have all done this, great men and women that came before us. So item number three, you can see, is the chords that we know and love as a minor two, five, one. And now item number four, what I did is extended the dominant chord because very often dominant chords will extend beyond the seventh, we'll have ninths. Now, if you look back, I think you'll see that on a well-done lead sheet, a minor two, five, one, the five chord will be labeled as a flat nine. That's the sound of a five chord in minor. Why flat nine? Who decided that? Is that so we can be really out or modern sounding? No. Turns out that the ninth, that note, in this case on a G7, an A. An A is the ninth, but what kind of A? Oh, it's an A flat from the harmonic minor sound. So that, to me, explains things for us. So the harmonic minor sound, it sounds very right to our ear. It sounds very correct. And I think you're going to see that all the notes, it explains why is the two chord half diminished. Why? 
Why is the five chord dominant, but with a flat nine and even a flat 13? Well, you can figure out the flat 13. It's in that scale too. The one chord, it's minor, but a lot of times we see our heroes playing a major seven on a minor chord. Why would they do that? Ah, it's explained entirely by this. So if you followed through on video 48, our point of departure for major two five ones, here we do the exact same thing. Now, when I was learning, I had this total rubber banded together thing. I'd heard that on two chords, you should play Locrian. And that's fine. The Locrian mode, <laughs> if you want to look it up, works great on the two chord, the half diminished chord. And then on the five chord, I heard that you should use like an altered scale or you could use a, I heard like there's, it got to be a little iffy on the five chord. There's a lot of options there. And then on the one chord, you could use this, 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 or this. Wow, that was a not very scientifically elegant <laughs> explanation. The, the, the major two five was so simple. Second mode of major, fifth mode of major, first mode of major. Yet so many books, so much input I got, so many lessons I got had this really squirrely complicated version of what a minor two five is. So here's what I'm saying. Treat it the exact same way as a major two five. We just have to make sure we start with the right point of departure scale. And for me, that's harmonic minor. And when I say for me, I'm not the only person that teaches it this way. I have friends, great players and teachers who teach this a little differently than I do. So um, in my mind, I know I'm right. And, uh, you know, and I have this thought that maybe they could do it a little differently, but they play great, they teach great. To me, I love this very elegant explanation. It's simple, it's clean, it's easy to understand, and it's exactly how everybody explains a major 2-5. Makes a lot of sense, right? Cool. So now, of course, we want to be playing with this stuff. Fantastic that you understand it. I'm sure you'll be a hit at all the jazz theory cocktail parties you go to. But uh, more important than that, I want you to be a hit, but really I want you to sound good, right? So here's what we do. You practice that scale, and then you practice these arpeggios based on the scale. So there you go. That's the sound of a minor 2-5. And with, even without accompaniment, I knew you could hear what was going on there. So here's the next assignment for you. You got your assignment, practice the scale, practice the arpeggios. Now let's put it into music, right? I don't want to have this be too far out of the context of playing a song ever. We want to be playing music, right? So let's pick a song that has major 2-5s and minor 2-5s. There's a lot of great songs like that. A real classic one is Autumn Leaves. So what I'm going to do is play through Autumn Leaves for you. I'll put the changes up uh, so you can watch them. Autumn Leaves is fantastic because it's 2-5-1 in the major key, then 2-5-1 in the relative minor. It does that again. The entire song, with like one little exception of two measures or something like that, is 2-5-1 in major, 2-5-1 in the relative minor. You could play this whole song with the major scale and sort of be playing a bunch of correct notes. 
but you wouldn't be nailing the changes. We want to get a little deeper than that, right? So let's do this. And by the way, I know you've heard me talking about Jazzwire. This is the kind of thing when Jazzwire launches November 1st, 2018, I want you there. This is the kind of thing we're going to be doing, talking about a concept, straightening it out for you, then applying it to a song, and then doing that as a community, talking about it, you posting ideas, you posting recordings of yourself, having your peers comment, having me comment, having other professionals come in. So it's going to be fantastic. So a much more interactive version of what we're doing here. So Autumn Leaves. Okay, so that was me playing A Chorus of Autumn Leaves, uh, not winning any awards, no one's booking me at a club for that solo, but what I did is played the chord tones. You've heard me say this many times on many of these videos, this ability to play the chord tones, one, three, five, seven, on each of the chords. So on the minor chords, one, three, five, seven, dominant chord, one, three, five, seven. The only exception that I used was on the dominant chord Going to minor, I played one, three, five, seven. I used the flat nine a couple times because it's in that scale and it's a fantastic note that all of our heroes play. So that is what I want you to practice. Can you play this song and really carve out the changes? That's one of the things that bebop players would talk about. Man, he's making the changes. Man, she was killing those changes. What does that mean? It means they were inside the chord changes. It's like if you're skiing or something like that. And I know all the people in Nigeria watching this, not so much skiing over there, I know. Um, cutting those corners exactly right, right in the place, in the groove, right with the chord changes. When the chords go from C minor seven to F seven, it's the same scale. I know it's the same scale, but I want you changing the chords, right? Making that harmonic change. So there you go. So I tell you what, I'm gonna do one little bonus here for you. I'm gonna play through the tune a little looser. I'm gonna give myself fewer constraints. I'm still gonna be playing, let's call it 70 or 80% chord tones. And all I'm gonna do is allow myself some neighbor tones around that. So if you go way back to video two or three called Scale Suck, we were talking about using arpeggios and then expanding with upper neighbors and lower neighbors. So I think you're gonna hear this solo expand a ton. I'm gonna have a lot more available to me, but all I'm doing is chord tones. And the only thing that isn't a chord tone is an upper or lower neighbor of a chord tone. That's how I'm thinking about it. I'm not thinking tritone subs. I'm not thinking, you know, taking it out this way or that way. I'm literally thinking chord tones with neighbor tones. So here we go, one more time through.
Okay, there it was. So I tell you what, uh, playing that way sort of <laughs> gave me a headache because I was having to concentrate so hard, staying with chord tones, but then allowing myself to free up, but free up in this way, but not that way. Hey, that's fine. Um, I think that ability to do that, to have that editor going on is a good skill. Now, yes, when we get into full artist mode on stage, we don't want any of that. But I'm here to tell you those limitations are good for you in your practice. Those limitations are good. They let you know you can operate within these parameters and then you expand from there. But too many of us expand too quickly. I know I did that. Oh my God, I did that a lot. And so when I finally went back and got the chord tones together and then really understood how the neighbor tones support the chord tones, they point to the chord tones. Wow, when you get that going, your playing gets strong. And geez, what a, what a great tune to be working on. Autumn Leaves, it's a great jazz standard, but it's the perfect thing for major and minor two, five, ones. So I want everybody out there working on this stuff. As always, please send me an email. First of all, I'd just love to hear from you. I'd love to hear your experience with these videos, if these are helping, if you're enjoying this stuff. Um, I'd love to send you this PDF or any of the other PDFs. Uh, you can get us at diggingdeeperjazz at gmail.com. So please let us know what's going on there. I hear from a lot, a lot of people every week and I'm so thrilled, uh, you know, people are, really getting some traction with this stuff. And you know, I don't care if it's my material or somebody else's. I just want people getting better and loving this music and finding people to play with. That's all I care about. And if I'm able to help some people, beautiful. Pass the video on to somebody else. So I'll be looking forward to seeing you guys at Jazzwire when that's ready to go later in 2018. And uh, I will see you here next week. Play Autumn Leaves, get your harmonic minor together. See ya.